The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BJN Radio, episode number 282. Who cares? The Eagles are 6-0 and after taking down the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, before we get into the Eagles' win over the Dallas Cowboys, where can we find the finest meat snacks in the land? I need to keep this as brief as possible. With all due respect to righteous felon craft jerky, but you just have so much to talk about, Jimmy. Indeed. Very exciting time to be alive in Philadelphia. Imagine enjoying sport in Philadelphia. You don't have to imagine anymore. But uh, if you want to enjoy your Philadelphia sports with the best possible snack you can get, you go to righteousfelon.com and you use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy, what a weekend in Philadelphia sports. I know everyone who listens to this is not necessarily a Phillies fan, but it's you can't not mention the context of like what it's been like in this city. Sure. Um, I went to the game, as I told you, on the pregame show uh, on Friday night at Citizens Bank Park. Mm-hmm. Atmosphere was unreal. Um, I've, I've never really experienced that. Maybe only like the NFC Championship game. Uh, it was that kind of atmosphere where... I couldn't even imagine being the Braves. Like this, the the crowd was on you, and it was just like demoralizing. Like I, I almost felt bad <laughs> yeah. for them. It was like they didn't have a second like to breathe. Like and and you could see it in their body language. They just looked defeated. Like they're not going to rally. They're not going to come back mm-hmm. against that. Like all everything. Like because you're not just going up against the other team. You're going up against this entire crowd too, and that gave me confidence. Especially as the Phillies then beat the uh, Braves again and advanced to the NLCS. Like. That solidified my already. I already had a lot of confidence. I made the Eagles my lock of the week, not just yeah. of the money line, but the the um the spread at six point five in the SB Nation NFL show, which I'm now five and one by the way in my locks of the week. Um, so good job by me. But I I felt a confidence that the Eagles were going to get this done, and certainly it was a little more dicey at one point than uh, maybe anyone expected it to be. Certainly after the twenty, 20 to zero start. Yeah. Um, but. The bottom line is it's a huge win. The Eagles are 6-0, and and Philly is buzzing right now. I went to the 1993 NLCS 
uh, clinching game. I think that was also against the Braves. Um, crazy atmosphere. Then that was still at the vet. And then I also went to the NLCS clinching game. I think it was the year after they won the world series. I believe that was the Dodgers. I can't, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Um, insane atmosphere at those two games back in the day. And Scott Fransky apparently said that the atmosphere for the games over the weekend, like, just blew those like the you know there any any playoff games that they had during their run when they were really good uh from like what 20 you know, 2008 2007 or whatever it was mm, to roughly 20. like 2011 somewhere yeah. in that whatever that range was um he said you know that the, the atmosphere this weekend blew that out of the water mm-hmm. so like that's crazy for me to because i wasn't at the game uh this weekend but either of the games this weekend but um I think that the Eagles, excuse me, the the enthusiasm for the Phillies, mm-hmm. like that party kind of atmosphere, definitely carried <laughs> over into this Sunday night game. And even just going through the parking lot, yeah, uh, like it wasn't the same atmosphere as normal for a big game. Like it's crazy, generally speaking, but I felt like a lot more of like a positive, fun kind of party atmosphere than it did. Like, you know, we're going to make life hell for the opponent, which I'm sure they did. Uh, but it wasn't that kind of uh, that that kind of vibe. It was more it wasn't like. So here's how I'll, I'll differentiate it. It was crazy in a sometimes bad way prior to the uh, NFC championship game against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. This was a lot different where it was definitely more of like a party atmosphere. Uh, just in my, again, not a long walk from the parking lot to, uh, to the stadium, but that's sort of what I saw, uh, on my way there. I actually tried, there's like a six, seven, eight year old kid, something like that. He was tossing the ball around with his, with his, I think it was his brother. And I tried to sneak up on them and, uh, and, and pick it off. And he saw me coming. Like I was, like I was, he, he, like he identified me. I was like, like a robber kind of safety. And he, he saw me and he pumped and I went after it and he then threw it over my head and completed it to his brother. And it was very demoralizing for me. They, they totally owned me, but that, you know, that was kind of like the, that, that, that to me was like, sort of like part of the fun atmosphere of, uh, of, of like what was kind of sort of going on in the parking lot, uh, prior to this game. And, and again, it carried over into the stands and, uh, the crowd was awesome, uh, th- they got a little dead there <laughs> during the yeah. uh, during the second half when, when the Cowboys came back, but I, I think the crowd really gave the the team a, a boost uh, early yeah. in the game, and and certainly they had plenty of reason to to be loud and and whatever because the Eagles were playing well. But a uh, very fun atmosphere in Philadelphia right now, and in, in Philadelphia sports, I feel like the risk reward with your interception. Uh to be is that a whack there like what is the best possible case you're picking <laughs> off a kid and the worst case is you're getting owned by some children um i mean i didn't put a lot of thought into it i just saw a kid mm. throwing a football around and i just immediately sprung into action um because <laughs> you are a child as well yes oh uh, for sure um yeah i i do you know the crowd did get dead there for a bit um but as soon as the eagles gave them reason to have life again they're right back in it and i think that kind of helped seal the deal it was like oh yeah crowd's back um eagles are going to close it out um all right so that's the vibe of everything we talked with the fans let's talk about like the team <laughs> um yeah uh it was, a, it was a strange game um in that they get up 20 to zero they're they're cooking um it has you know could be a blowout at that point or yeah. on on its way and really 
you know, if there's been a weakness for the Eagles this year, it's been special teams. We mm-hmm. talked about it. It's been an issue throughout. I did a uh, – so one of the exchanges I do for the SB Nation blogs, not every week necessarily, but I like to do it because it depends on the other person's cooperation. But I like to do like three reasons why the Eagles will lose. I will send the, those reasons to the, the Eagles opponent, mm-hmm. uh, SB Nation blog, and they will send me three reasons why the Cowboys for this week, uh, RJ Fieldabout, will lose. And I put special teams in there. And I also yeah. put tackling in there. So too many issues. Um, but special teams was obviously an issue with Kevontae Turpin, who's a dangerous returner. So it's not just like, you know, it's just anybody, Joe Schmo back there. Um, but to allow that big return, like it really let the Cowboys back That into dude's it. fast, by the yeah. way. Like you can just see how when you're at the game, and I'm sure you can see it on TV too, but you can just see how much faster he's moving than everybody else on the field. He didn't even get tackled down by the Eagles. Like he ran into some of his own players on the Cowboys. Yeah. So the Eagles kind of caught a break there. Uh, Nicobe Dean and Kyron Johnson, I think, were like the biggest offenders in terms of losing contain mm-hmm. uh, on that kickoff. Um, I thought it was – I think it's – I don't know if this is getting a lot of attention in Dallas. I haven't really gotten a good – I want to ask RJ about that. And, oh, trust me, the NFC's mixtape this week will be very good uh, <laughs> because RJ has some bets to pay off. Uh, I know you listen mm, to me, okay. so you already know this, but for the listeners who don't um, – he has to one write an article for Bleeding Green Nation, so I get credit, you know, for the traffic about why the Eagles are the top team in the NFC. And then he has to uh, wear a shirt um, with either like letters written on it or a, a sign taped over it, visible that says "Beat Dallas" on it, kind of referring to the uh, Nick Sirianni yeah. shirt, um, which which we can actually talk about here. Um, because Nick Sirianni brought up that shirt. And RJ was like criticizing him. And he was like, well, why didn't you pull it out again? I'm like, because it, it wasn't a good look. And it went poorly for the <laughs> Right, it backfired badly that? on him. <laughs> he, does he want like the whole city to get mad at him again? Like, uh, <laughs> and I think you had a, you wrote about that. So what did you like about Sirianni? Like pulling that shirt out at his like, I don't know. Like, what would you call that? You yeah, call so the, the Eagles social team. team. Yeah, they they put a video out on on uh, I'm sure every, all their social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, but it was it was a speech that Nick Sirianni was giving to the team. I don't know what what part of the week this was. I think it was it had to have been early in the week. I'm guessing. Um, and he his messaging was actually before we even get to that, his messaging with the media all week. Like I asked him a question about does this game mean you know a little bit more because every game means a lot blah 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 whatever but this game maybe does it mean a little bit more because they've you know had because Dallas has had so much success against the Eagles I like in when you years. ask questions that are just like hey you kind of sucked uh <laughs> what do you think about that <laughs> that's like the Les Bowen style of uh of, of asking but I picked that up from Les maybe uh, as, as time like, is going you're, on and... <laughs> you're clearly trying to say it as most like respectfully as you can but it's you're just right. the gist of the question is like well this team is kind of had your number and you're like not to yeah. say they had your number but they kind yeah. of had your number yeah. anyway i don't mean to say, i don't want to say like i don't go as far as say that they owned you so much but <laughs> uh, you guys have lost a bunch of games against them in recent years so you know maybe maybe it means a little bit more to some of these guys on the team and he just shot that down which you know it definitely means more this game means more to a lot of the players on this team than week four against yeah. jacksonville you it know should. like come on should like, so, uh, you know, it was a little silly to, to, but that was his messaging to the team. His messaging to the team was, we get motivated, this is a direct quote, we get motivated to play for each other more than our opponent. And I thought that was brilliant of him to, to, uh, sort of for, for that to be the messaging to the team, um, 
heading into this game because that's really what's more important is are the players playing for each other uh, or are they and he, he pulled out the, the beat Dallas shirt that he wore uh, during a press conference last year and he was like this was stupid of me to do this last year mm-hmm. and he threw the shirt uh, so yeah I do like that um, uh, he he the messaging was this is about us. It's not about another team. Like we, and I think the messaging was sort of also, this wasn't spoken necessarily, but you know, we're good and we can beat anyone. It doesn't matter who, who we play, uh, whether it's here or somewhere else or, or whatever. Uh, we, as long as we play for each other, we're going to be fine. And, um, yeah, I, I, I like that messaging a lot. And, you know, he had to kind of maintain that messaging to, to us, the media, uh, mm-hmm. throughout the week, and good on him for sticking to uh, that messaging. But uh, yeah, I thought that 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 was a good way to get off uh, on the right foot this week in anticipation of obviously what is their biggest rival and biggest threat in the division. That's a good call out by you. Uh, one of my big questions heading into this season, you might recall, was where does Nick Sirianni like give the Eagles an edge? You know, like, what makes him like better than just mm-hmm. you know. Whatever, like, what? How does he help the Eagles? Because he doesn't call the plays. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like the the primary play caller anymore. Obviously, he has involvement in that process. It's not like totally hands off. Yeah, he's game planning for sure, sure throughout the week. He's the he's the primary game planner throughout. And he's the week. talking to Steichen. You know, I'm sure during mm-hmm. the game they're adjusting things. It's not like he's totally hands off there. Uh, and obviously, you know, game management is part of it. Something he does do. Um, but like, where does a good job of that too? By the way, the game, the game and, and time management. I agree. Um, and I think this season, especially, he's done a pretty strong job with that. Um, but like, I think fostering a positive culture, I think you can definitely like that. Mm-hmm. That might be him. Like he, I mean, obviously, the players own a lot of leader uh, responsibility and leadership yep. there, and you have to credit them. But I think when you have him, um, I think he's doing pretty much everything he can on his end to foster a very uh, connect. He he always talks about connecting and i think mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of like gloss over that because what does that mean but i think these when you're talking about playing for each other i think that's what he's talking about there and uh, obviously winning helps you know uh, good vibes and chemistry and everything um it's funny to me when people talk about like oh the 2017 they just had such good chemistry i'm like they did but also you know they're really good so like mm-hmm. you know those things kind of beget each other uh but yeah i definitely think sirianni um deserves credit for that regard and um he does a lot to... of little things too, by the way. Like, um, I mean, first of all, it's easy to to uh, I don't want to say it's easy, but it, it's easier to foster a good culture when you have guys like Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham and whatever. But I also like some of the you can maybe view some of these things as gimmicky. But I kind of like when he wears t shirts that have like "Pave the Lane" on them or like well, it's him. Can he gain like, well? It's not forced. It's not like right. You know, it's, it's he's just being yeah. himself. Yeah, he's kind of a goofy um, guy. He's like cheesy, but like it's that's who he is. <laughs> And like putting, you know, the number of of, of a player mm-hmm. that he's done for the season on his hat, like right. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think he uh, he genuinely cares about his players, and I think the the players understand that. Like, whereas a lot of coaches couldn't give a rat's ass about their players, and they j- just kind of treat them as employee it's number really- whatever. Um, and you know, I I think that uh, that that sort of approach um, makes players want basically what his messaging was. They want to play for each other and for their head coach and whatever, uh, as opposed to just going out there and playing a football game. Um, what else? So let's, why don't we get into uh, the actual nuts and bolts of the game? You want to start with the Eagles offense or Eagles? Let's start with the Eagles offense, I think. 
yeah, I mean, it was a really good performance against like a team that hadn't allowed over 20 points a game mm-hmm. this season, right? I think it, uh, the Cowboys had only allowed one touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, in each of their games. That's correct. Um, they had and, exactly one touchdown in every yeah. game. And Eagles had three. Now, obviously, you know, um, takeaways help the Eagles yep. offense. But like, I mean, those were legit takeaways to me. That wasn't just like about Cooper Rush. Like, you remember like when, um, uh, who was it? Uh, CJ Beathard threw like that pick six to <laughs> right to Alex Singleton against the 49ers. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, that's just a terrible, that's a gift of an interception. Like, yeah. Uh, Brandon Graham obviously forced the one, the second CD, uh, uh, CD deuce as he, as he goes by, um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, CJ Gardner Johnson, CJ, GJ, whatever you want to call him. Um, and then the first one, you know, James Bradbury had a great deflection, put yep. it up in the air, um, undercut Darius the route. Slay ran the route for, I think yep. it was CD Lamb on that play. And, and it looked like it got thrown right to, right to Darius Slay, but it was because right. he had great coverage. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't just a total gift. It wasn't like, you know, Slay. It was also, because sometimes it happens where, and I think, um, uh, there's been plays like that this year where maybe someone's out of position, specifically Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but the mm-hmm. ball is like a bad throw, so it gets picked off, kind of like rewarding bad process with a good result. Uh, but that was not the case here. And one of my biggest reasons for confidence in this game, Jimmy, was like I said, the Eagles have their secondary. I think I said this in the pregame show with you. This is their best secondary they've had against a Dallas yeah. like receiving core, especially like the matchup in a long time. So And also... Cooper Rush was not going to get away with not turning the ball over at all. <laughs> he had zero turnovers in his first five he starts was or whatever, four starts. Um, so, yeah, he was absolutely due, and the Eagles secondary took over. Yeah. Um, getting back to the offense, yeah. I mean, the, the, oh, yeah. the defense put him <laughs> – the defense. That's okay. okay. The, the defense put him in, in good positions to, to put points on the board. Yes. Um, I thought the offensive line obviously had a tough job in this game because mm-hmm. – uh, you know, Dallas was heading into this week. I don't know what they are now, but heading into this week, they were second in the NFL in sacks behind only the, um, uh, doesn't hook. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and they blitzed Dallas blitzed, uh, effectively, uh, throughout the night. Um, and the Eagles had four banged up starters heading into this game. Like Jordan Mailata had the shoulder injury, which I think was the worst of the four uh, injuries heading into this game. But all, you know, all four of Jordan Mailata, uh, Isaac Sayamalo, uh, uh, Jason Kelsey and Leonard Dickerson all headed into this game banged up. And then of course they lose Lane Johnson with a concussion uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the second quarter. So they didn't have him for the entirety of the second half. Jack Driscoll has done a, a really nice job filling in at both of the offensive tackle spots, uh, initially for Mylotta at left tackle, and then last night uh, at at right tackle for Lane Johnson. And like, imagine being that guy. Like, okay, head on in there, Jack. Go block Micah Parsons one on one for for the rest of the night. And that's not exactly what what happened. Like, they gave him help for sure. But uh, he's done a nice job, you know, filling in at both. He's he's basically their new swing tackle. There's maybe some debate whether Andre Dillard is the still the, the you know the number two left tackle. I I still think he is. Yeah, uh, Jack Driscoll still f- filling in, uh, basically at right tackle, but can also play left tackle and probably both guard spots as well. Although uh, Sua Opeta has had to play what in like four different games already so far. Yeah, Dickerson's only played in like 100 percent of the snaps in three out of six games this year. I mean, he only mm-hmm. missed three in this three snaps in this one. But to the Dillard point, real quick, not to like overly crap on Andre Dillard, but like just to kind of emphasize the point, 
like everyone's like, oh, Dillard can't possibly play right tackle. It's so hard. It's too, you know, it's too challenging. You have to give him to be easy on him. It's like Jack Driscoll has to do it. You know what I mean? He was and, and plays guard too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, so give you know Driscoll credit again to be able to do that. Um, and obviously not like a, an all pro out there, but for, just to be able to be like functional at the very least is is, is very good. But anyway, the the offensive line, I thought they did. I mean, they gave up more pressure in this game probably than than they have in any other game. But of course, Dallas is blitzing the crap out of Jalen Hurts, and I think that's the biggest concern for the mm. offense going forward yes. is how they're going to deal with blitzes because other teams are going to see, uh, you know, what the Eagles have done against teams that have brought pressure and teams that haven't. And I think that they've struggled more against the teams that that have obviously sent, uh, you know, the, the house at, at at the Eagles at times. But I think the bye week is coming at a good time, not necessarily for the team in general. But certainly for the offensive line, because all the all the you know the four guys that were all on the injury report can get better, and then uh, Lane well, Johnson with, with the concussion now uh, he'll have two weeks to recover. Whereas it might have been a quicker turnaround uh, if he had to play again, you know, week seven. Especially if it was like a Thursday night game or something. Um, yeah, thankfully not. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely uh, a pretty good like you know not didn't light the world on fire. Um, Jalen Hurts had an interesting stat line in that, like, he was 15 and 25 for mm-hmm. 155. Not the, you know, biggest volume passing game. Didn't make mistakes, though, for the most part. Didn't put the ball in harm's way. He did get mm-hmm. a ball tipped by Micah Parsons at one point, but that was, um, <laughs> that was then, uh, called for unsportsmanlike conduct for Micah Parsons and celebrating. on Goddard. Yeah. <laughs> um, two touchdowns, 6.2 yards, uh, per attempt, 104.6 pass rating. Uh, I, I don't think that I think he played like a, not like I think that number that seemed, the, the stat line looks a little bit better than the performance felt to me. Not to say he was bad. I just think it looks a little bit better. But when you put that number in context of what other quarterbacks have done this year against the Cowboys defense, Jalen Hurts is by far and away like the best statistical passer against this Cowboys defense this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty impressive for him. Um well, they they came out firing uh, early on. Like their first five offensive plays were all passes, and yes. they punted on that first possession. And then from there on out, they were very run heavy. Especially mm-hmm. after um, you know Lane went down, they really relied on sure. on the rushing attack. Miles Sanders had what like seventeen, eighteen carries, mm-hmm. and then uh, Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell combined for roughly around ten. Um, so yeah, they 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 ran the ball a lot. With uh, with our running, I mean, seventeen plus ten or whatever it was is twenty seven, and Hertz put the ball in the air for uh, twenty five times, and he ran himself, I believe, nine times for like twenty seven yards. So yeah, they, it was a run heavy approach, which it should have been anyway, because yeah, you know, you you didn't really want to put the ball in harm's way uh, against this uh, D- Dallas team that was always going to have trouble moving the football with Cooper Rush uh, as their quarterback and. And uh, yeah, so I, I thought the game plan w- was fine. What I thought was really interesting was the way they treated Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. in which they just often didn't block him at all, which was <laughs> reminiscent of uh, the way that they handled Von Miller in uh, 2017 when when he was with the Broncos. Um, the, the Eagles just left Parsons unblocked. They read him and they sort of let him pick his own poison. I thought the best example of that was on the touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, where oh, they yeah. put Parsons in a bind, where it was either, okay, he goes out and he tries to uh, cover his zone against uh, A.J. Brown, or does he attack uh, Jalen Hurts, who was sort of running to the, you know, he was, he was running to, to his right. He chose to attack Hurts. Hurts flipped it to Brown, easy pass. 
Brown did the rest. He was a yak machine in this game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you could see, you know, exactly why they got him, uh, why they traded for him, getting yards after the catch. Uh, he was able to get into the end zone on that play. But their their game plan for for uh, Michael Parsons was diversified. Uh, there were times where they just let Lane Johnson block him one on one, and there were times where they left him completely unblocked. And 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 that's how you can kind of neutralize uh, a star player like him is make him think more than react. Um, and they put him in those situations, and it was effective. Great coaching, um, just from a strategy standpoint. Also, great like execution and and play calling. Um, Shane Steichen, we, they, the Eagles ran that same play on the fourth and three. They went mm-hmm. for earlier in the game, same play, and it worked. And they busted. It, it worked so well. They're like, "Hey, let's do it again." Yeah, uh, and I love that. I think it's it's so like simple. And I remember Doug Peterson. You know, there was the play, what the back to back screens to was it Jay Jai and like against the Falcons mm-hmm. or, the, or whatever it was. They did them back to back plays. Not here. They did that. They, oh, the, the big wh- the whiz was just yes knocking guys out. Yeah. It's like just do it. Though. I mean, <laughs> hey, why not? Field, like, yeah. Make them stop it. Um, sometimes you know they're not going to expect you to do the same thing twice. So why not? Or or you know so frequently again. So really like that. Um, you mentioned you know the receivers should mention that AJ Brown had that big um, uh, like forced missed tackle on to, to get to the seven yard line for the Eagles' final touchdown. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, that was huge and just su- such an obvious like go-to guy if like the offense is not totally cooking you need a big play just throw it to AJ he'll figure it out like yeah you don't even need to get him beyond the sticks <laughs> like you can throw him short of the sticks and he's gonna figure it out or at least we'll give you a chance and Devontae didn't have like the the sexiest stat line in terms of um, five receptions for 44 yards only 8.8 uh, average and one touchdown long of 13 but he caught all five of his targets Two of them went for first downs. The one yep. went for the touchdown. I thought his touchdown catch was like underrated in that he hurts through like a heater to him. That was kind of mm-hmm. behind him. And like that was a, that was a tougher catch than it had to be, but he made it look easy because he's Devontae Smith and he's really good. Um, so Devontae was efficient and I think caught, it came up big uh, and, and um, made high leverage catches that really contributed to winning this game. So uh, yeah, definitely a good game for them. Savvy route by Devontae on that too. It was, all, it was an RPO. And he went to block six on the Cowboys. I think that's Donovan Wilson. Six had a bad yeah. game in this yes, game, by the way. Yes, he did. Uh, he went to block Donovan Wilson. And he realized there was a pass. And he just calmly leaked into the end. Kind of just calmly leaked. I won't block him. Calmly leaked into the end zone and wide open. And uh, You ever calmly him. leak? <laughs> I've calmly leaked before, sure. Okay, nice. <laughs> the other thing we should touch on, too, is uh, in a week five, uh, the Eagles bleed eight minutes off the clock with a, a seventeen play, uh, seventeen or seventeen play seventy yard drive. Didn't punch it into the end zone uh, on, on that occasion, but got a field goal. Um, it certainly didn't end the game. They could have ended a game with with, with a touchdown, uh, but they made it made made life more difficult for the Cardinals to have to go down and score a touchdown. In this game, they put together a thirteen play drive. Uh, that was what eighty yards, I think, eighty or eighty-five, so, or maybe it was it seventy-five. Oh, it was 75. I thought it was like 13. seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, because it was probably it's a touchback. touchback. Yeah, so uh, seventy-five yards. Uh, they that's of course the 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 drive that you know was ended with uh, Devontae Smith touchdown, but it was a very run-heavy drive, and the Eagles have shown that they can do this consistently, but <laughs> they just take massive amounts of time off the clock 
everyone in the stadium knows they're probably going to run it and they're still effective doing it anyway. Um, I think some of that is just because they're a great running team. They're number one rushing offense in the league last year. And that's carrying, they're not as dominant this year so far as they were last year at times. Uh, but I think when you get late in games and uh, defensive lines and, and linebackers are getting fatigued a little bit, they're able to just have these long drawn out methodical drives and they'll need uh, you know a pass play mixed in uh, on occasion like uh, against the Cardinals week five they got the big play from Dallas Goddard uh, who was able to get open on third and 12 break a tackle get the first down and as you mentioned in this game uh, uh, AJ AJ Brown was the one who made the, uh, a big play uh, to get the ball inside the 10 yard 10 yard line as you mentioned so uh, they've been just phenomenal on in, in these on these long clutch fourth quarter drives where they just continue to sort of you know choke out opponents late in games, and I think that's sort of a thing that um, it's a it's an extremely valuable weapon uh, to be able to win games that way. But also, I think it's a, it's a it's a sustainable way of of continuing to to beat teams when you get into the playoffs uh, later in the year. And, and certainly, the Eagles are going to be in the playoffs this year. Bold take. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a big boy drive. That's what I would call it. It's yeah. like this. It's we mean business. We're not gonna put the 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 game in the hands of our opponent messing up we're going to go and seize control and and control what we, we can control and execute and i did like the eagles you know going for it uh once trayvon Diggs uh got mad and threw his helmet and got penalized for that yeah um like it's definitely the right call to go for two i know uh some, I think some people are like, oh, well, why would you go for it? Just kick the, the extra point. I mean, it's the it's one only, yard. It's only a yard. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I hate this. I, people in the press, like, sorry to call out other reporters in the press box, but people who sit near me in the press box are always like, oh, you just got to, you got to kick it. And I'm like, <laughs> but you're probably the same person who will acknowledge that this is like the best, one of the best offensive lines in the league. And yet you have to kick it. Um, no brainer to go for it when you get down uh, in that situation because they're up nine. So yeah. you're still up two scores exactly. anyway. What's the downside? It, it makes it so much more difficult uh, for you know the opposing team to come back if they need a field goal and a touchdown right. and a two-point conversion. Make make the backup quarterback have to do – yeah, get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Yes. Like I will yeah try to make them do that. And But I, I now I don't like the play call. I don't know why you're running out of the gun. Yeah, when you've been like money on sneaks all game long until we yeah. are freaking power it in there. What are we doing? Um, so I thought that was a bad call. And there's been moments like that this year with the Zach Pascal handoff. It's like they've been aggressive in right situations and the calls have just been like, I don't really understand the the, the process. Uh, it's not just like a, it didn't work. So it's bad. It's like, I don't really it's like, I can't, I can't live with how they're failing there. It's like, okay, well, you know, they tried to sneak it and they got stopped. Like, okay, that was a good, you know, good decision but it just it didn't work out um so i just wanted to, to point that out last thing on the offense is it's like unreal how how good they are in the second quarter yeah i, I what is this the 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 stat from nfl research is they've scored 112 points in the second quarter in 2022 the most points by any team in any quarter in the first six games <laughs> of a season in nfl history crazy it's more the 112 points in the second quarter for the Eagles this season is more than 11 other teams, including the Rams, Packers, and Cowboys, have total points in 2022. Like what? It's how, crazy. How? Like I don't. Like, what is the reason for that? How is that? Why is this a thing? I mean, one of the things that we, you know, I sort of harped on 
um, when they were on a roll the first four games of the season was they were scoring points at the end of the first half. Yeah. Like, and the, you're able to do that and your chances of winning games, you know, rises substantially uh, when you, when you score in the, in the final two minutes of the first half, that is. Um, and they did it against the, they did it week one, they did it week, week two, they did it week three, they did it week four. They actually did it twice week two against the, the Vikings. They got a touchdown and a field goal in the final two minutes of the half. But in this game, they scored 20. They scored all, all, all 20 of those points when they went up 20 to nothing all happened in the second quarter of this game. Uh, but yeah, that seems to be their quarter. Um, I don't know if that speaks to the lack of adjustments in the second half because they have not had a lot of success uh, in the second half. Uh, of games this year so you know so, and another thing to sort of watch going forward um, I think some of the some of the games it was just game flow sort of answers the question on why the second half hasn't been as effective like they they, they keep getting these big leads mm-hmm. and the way they play kind of changes maybe a little, a little bit sure um, but you know the, the second score quarter scoring I don't think it's just sort of a weird anomaly mm. like it's not just some sort of um uh, coincidence that they're scoring these points in the, in the second quarter. I think there could is it, something to it. Could it be just a theory that like, you know, they're coming out, they're running certain things and they're getting, you know, like a sense of how the defense is going to react to that. So it's like, okay, if they're going right. to do this, then we're going to do this. And then this builds off of this. So maybe it's kind of like a adjusting to the uh, initial reactions to things. And then that could be, and then maybe um, the other team then adjusts to that after the mm-hmm. half. I don't know. Yeah, no, they're probably you're right. You're probably right on that, where they're getting a sense on what's going to work and what isn't, and uh, they're they're calling those plays <laughs> a lot in the second half. So yeah, I, I do think that that there is something to that. Um, the rest of the game, though, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I see. I yeah. mean, the, like it was such a, you know, if you if you don't allow that big return, like you're probably. Probably like I don't think they're allowing points there. I mean, I think it'd be well, yeah, for... they're probably heading into the ha- into halftime twenty to nothing. And I think that's a whole different vibe than the Cowboys have like some sense of life. And by the way, I wanted to get back to this earlier. I didn't make the point. Um, I don't know if McCarthy's getting ripped for kicking the field goal to make a three possession game a three possession oh, game. Uh-huh. Like, what was yeah. that? Are you kidding me? If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm furious. You're kicking a field goal so you can be down twenty to three instead of. Uh, um, 20, like, well, what am I trying to say here? You're trying to, you're kicking a field goal, so you're cutting the lead to 17. Like, you're still down three possessions. What's the point yeah. of that? You're, you're the underdog. You're 6.5 underdog. Like, <laughs> go for it. Even and then back near the end of the game, game, too, they're down nine. Uh, and the Eagles had the ball, and they were just running, and the clock's just ticking down, ticking down. Yeah. It went it ticked down to under three minutes yeah. before they started calling timeouts. I thought that was weird too. He's a buffoon. I've never <laughs> been a McCarthy guy. What did you make of uh, Nick just sort of being content to go into the half when they had the ball? The ball owned 25, yeah. two timeouts, and I believe there were 29 seconds left in the half. I, you know me, I usually am like, balls to the wall, let's be aggressive as possible. Uh, and this is the other part of it. It wasn't just the kick return. It was Lane Johnson leaving. That was, sure. like, oh, man. And in that situation, too, where, like, Lane had just left, I think it did make sense to let's just avoid, like, a big disaster here, especially because mm-hmm. Lane just left. Um, Like, let's let's not try. I don't know. And the passing offense, like, wasn't, like, crushing it either. So it wasn't like they're just going to be able to air it out with ease. 
Uh, so I was okay with playing it safe there. It seems like other people were more upset about that. That was his answer too, by the way, post game. I don't know if you were in on his press conference or not, but that's essentially how he, he didn't say like we were trying to avoid a disaster, but he did say, yeah, we just lost lean. So, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I kind of get that too. I, I'd have, if it were me, I'd have been aggressive. I'd have tried to, I'd have tried to push the ball down because they've been so successful with it all season. Uh, you know, just keep keep That's your foot true. on the gas. They could have taken one shot, I think. You, I think you know, so. take take one shot, maybe get a PI. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. But like after that, I might not push it. After it didn't work, all right, all right let's just get to halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if like <laughs> just gets like killed on the first play. Maybe uh, they're worried about special teams there too, because they just true. given up the big kick return and they didn't want to have to punt it away to, to Turpin again. True. Also true. Uh why don't we take a break here, Jimmy, and then we'll flip over to the defense. Uh, but not before we hear about both RighteousFelon.com. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. And if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. You can reach Kristen directly at 856-906-9295. Call or text her 856 906 9295. Brandon? We'll be back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio. Uh, what are you What are you looking at, Jimmy? I was looking down my notes to see where we were going next. Well, we're talking about the Eagles defense, <laughs> which had a big game, forced three turnovers. Again, I, don't, I think they were legit. It wasn't just like fluky turnovers. Um, you, the, way, the way you wrote it here is the secondary took advantage of a weak, weak-armed quarterback. And I definitely uh, thought you could see that, not only on the picks, obviously, but um, DeMarcus Epps pass breakup which is mm-hmm. a really yep. very big play too. yeah and maybe kind of overshadowed by all the other great plays in the secondary on the out route i just the ball did not have the juice uh, and that allowed epps to break it up great play by him james bradbury knocked he was like, awesome a in that billion game. passes yeah i mean he's been great he's what a what a revelation i probably have to take the l on that i didn't think he was going to be able to to get him just from a standpoint of i thought he wanted to play um with a team where they might pay him more but mm-hmm because I didn't know what the Eagles were willing to pay, but I mean, they did. And also how do you feel if you're the giants right now? <laughs> and like, obviously you're excited <laughs> being five and one, right. But like, you just cut this guy. Like, yeah. And that didn't like, I know that maybe that's, that might be the best for them. And we don't have to get into the, all, all of this, but it's just like, 
you know, he's a really good player. And it's he's also making, the, most, the most concerning position. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, he that was it just made them worse. They they only got cap space, but like, okay, that's nice for the future. But right now, um, he's helping the Eagles a lot. And it's just a really good secondary. Even on plays that he gave up, like there was one play where uh, I forget who they threw to. It was kind of it was on the outside near the sideline, and it was like a diving catch by the. It was a great catch by the receiver. It was one of the you know rare, really, really good throws by Cooper Rush. I don't know how you cover any better than Bradbury did on that play. It was completed, and then there was the other play in the end zone that was originally called a touchdown to Noah Brown. It really wasn't even close. Like he was not in the. He did not get. He did not get close to getting two feet down. Uh, they called it a touchdown, but his coverage on that play was also outstanding. And, uh, you know, the receiver made a great play on that uh, on a catch that ultimately didn't count. But he got a hand on the pass, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, shot up in the air and was picked off by CJ GJ. Uh, he had uh, an, a few other uh, swatted passes away. So did Darius Slay, by the way, in addition yep. to Slay's pick. He had a couple really nice pass breakups. And uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson had by far his best game uh, as an Eagle so far. Uh, made the, made the, a nice play on the deflection by Bradbury, and then on the um, on his second interception, as you mentioned, uh, Brandon Graham got a big hit on Cooper Rush. Ceedee Lamb was wide the hell open on that play. They're lucky that uh, Brandon Graham was able to hit Cooper Rush on that throw. Rush left the throw, you know, way short. And CJ GJ did a hell of a job getting to that ball, and yeah. it was a great catch. I thought he it was. Injured. I thought there was like no way he got that. Watching it live, I was like, that hit the. <laughs> yeah. That hit the. That hit That's going to get overturned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he had come out of the game for a bit after he took uh, a friendly fire shot on his left hand. Mm. He was in a lot of pain. Like yeah. he was doubled over and was. He was on the you, field for you, a while. You see, guys like. Their arm is just dangling as they're coming off the field, and you don't know what it is. Like, oh, that looks bad. Is that a shoulder? Is it a forearm? Is it you know? Is it? It turned out to be his hand, and uh, he was still able to, able to make a diving catch uh, on that on that interception, even after uh, he had you know, not, obviously not seriously injured his hand, or he wouldn't have come back in. But it was definitely a, a an injury that hurt. And uh, after the game, he you know he got asked like how you're able to make that play. Uh, despite the injury, he was basically like, yeah, I'm a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so uh, the testament he, he, uh, to his toughness. Yeah, yeah. He he made uh, he, he made two really nice, really nice interceptions in, in that game. And again, he's been sort of um, you know the the player on the back end. That I mean, I don't think there was any long term concerns. We we both I think kind of felt like he's too talented to not eventually figure it out. And because uh, he's, you know, transitioning from a role where he mainly played slot corner to one where he's mainly going to be playing free safety. And it was probably going to take some time for him to get adjusted to that. And I think we're starting to see the results there. Yeah. Um, and obviously just getting used to the Eagles defense as a whole, even if he was going to play, you know, his normal position still just, you know, getting used to a new system. I've absolutely said there's like some level of grace to be had with him. Um, and and maybe this is what, what this also looks like. He's going to have some moments where he he gives and takes away. Um, so this was certainly a great game by him and really probably going to be the NFC defensive player of the week. <laughs> so continuing <laughs> he probably will. Streak. You're right. I mean, he should be not just for the picks, but like the narrative of it all too, like yeah. having to leave and come back. Like that should add to, uh, his performance. You, you also wrote in your notes here, the defensive line certainly did not help. Uh, you know what? As long as we're on him, why, why don't we get to bef- the lack of safety depth, which I oh, think was exposed no. a bit, as long as we're on safeties. I'm willing he... to talk about that because I've been saying all summer <laughs> long, I will keep beating this drum. 
why is Kevon Wallace the backup? What what has he ever done to inspire confidence as a backup? He's not even like good on special teams either, which Reed Blankenship had a nice special teams tackle last week. And Reed Blankenship, I know he's, you know, an undrafted rookie. Coaches don't have as much trust in him or whatever. They should. He was good in training camp. Like he was he made plays that came to him all the time. I never saw him like have terrible plays. Like why why is he not the third safety? Josiah Scott could be an option there too. Uh, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I think I think when we saw CJGJ come out, Wallace got exposed on, yeah. on a few different plays. He, just take, pay, mm-hmm, taking bad angles, bad angles. to uh, on run plays. The Cowboys uh, went right after plays. him in coverage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I think, I mean, obviously it made sense for the Eagles to go out and trade for CJGJ. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, and on a team where it's it's hard to find places uh on the roster where they're not deep that safety is certainly one where, where it's it's pretty clear to see yeah but you know give Blankenship a chance because maybe he's bad too but like he's younger and I think I've seen more encouraging signs from him so if they just continue to stick with Wallace that would be pretty disappointing to me because I think it's just what are we doing here like we can mm-hmm. all see what's going on um uh you mentioned the defensive line in your notes here had a d- d- disappointing performance zero sacks uh, they got close to a couple forced fumbles. I felt like like they were getting mm-hmm. close to that. You know, Cooper Rush bringing the ball back didn't get home um, until Brandon Graham hit him. They hit him three other times. Hassan Reddick had a couple of quality rushes on him. I know I remember at least one off the top of my head that like forced an incompletion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought he was okay. Uh, but yeah, disappointing. Um, kind of been you know a pass rush that hasn't been necessarily consistent. Um, a little bit of feast of frame in there. They obviously had the big game against Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. but uh last week weren't necessarily and you know it's a mobile quarterback in Kyler so not super easy but uh, and then this week just I don't think saw the pressure I mean especially like interior I was looking up Javon Hargrave's sack numbers he had, mm-hmm. he had a big deflection in this game he's like three and a half sacks in his last 18 games like it's kind of tough when you're paying that guy a lot of money and expecting him to be not a good run defender but specifically a good pass rusher and I thought Fletcher Cox like He's kind of seemingly cooled off a little bit here too. I'd like to see more from those guys. And I'd like to see more playing time for Jordan Davis when it comes to not just Mm -hmm. like five man sets. Like I know in theory, he's not the best pass rusher. Can we let him attack the quarterback more though? Because your your other guys aren't like getting it done. On the Jordan Davis point too, like they were getting gashed in the run game. And uh, while they were getting gashed, he wasn't in the game Mm. uh, or they weren't putting him in the game to stop the bleeding on that. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to see more. I think what do you play like twenty two snaps, something like that? Oh, it was like thirty three percent. Yeah, it was in the twenties the number of snaps that he played. Fletch played fifty snaps. Hargrave played forty eight, I believe, and they played in shifts a little bit where um, uh, Fletch and J- and Javon played started most of the series, uh, but there were a few series where Milton Williams and uh, Tui uh, started the series. There were at least two of those, maybe three. Um, but yeah, uh, getting back to the point, yeah, I, I think we should have probably seen more Jordan Davis in this game than we did. And actually probably a bad job by us as the media hmm. for not uh, asking, asking, you know, why we didn't see more. I'm, I'm guessing uh, Gannon may get a, a, a maybe, get, maybe, get, maybe getting asked about that. I'm not sure if we're getting the coordinators on Tuesday or if that's we'll next see. Tuesday, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the point that. You know, you moved you moved up to go get this guy. Yeah, he was a premium pick on. on him, 
and this was a, a tailor-made game for him to play a lot, and he just didn't for whatever reason. And again, the players are ahead of him aren't like crushing it. It's not like oh, we can't. <laughs> right. get, it's not like Nicobe Dean can't get on the field because Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards have been yes. playing good football. <laughs> and well, uh, and he also he's playing well himself. Like he's right. he's That's what I mean. he's played well so far. So let him play. So I don't, you know, I'm not saying that magically fixes everything, but I, I would look to that as something to tweak. And, you know, maybe that's something they'll look at and address during the buy. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my biggest concerns, and we raised it going into the game, and I said it was one of the reasons that the Eagles could lose when I gave my reasons to RJ, missed tackling. Like, that was a big reason I felt like why, or that contributed certainly to the run defense being mm-hmm. bad. And it wasn't even just about, like, a missed tackle where, he, like, he totally whiffs. It was like they would latch on to Zeke, and obviously not the most easiest uh, guy to tackle. But they would, or it's not even just him. The receivers sometimes they would latch on to them, and like the, the receivers would just like power through and get a first down or pick up that extra yardage. Like they weren't clean tackles, even when they like made the tackle. Um, and I thought that was kind of frustrating. It just felt like they could just keep chugging for extra yardage whenever they needed to get to the marker, especially um, the two drives which they started the second half. The Cowboys went. Uh, 79 yards in nine plays that made the game 20 to 10. And like, oh, okay, kind of a little nervous here. Let's see what the Eagles offense does. Um, they only run five plays and then punt. Then the Cowboys answer with a 15 play 93 yard drive. Like that's, that's not good when you're at home uh, when you're facing Cooper rush to allow that. Um, like that's, it's not a good spot to be cuts the lead down to three. And it's like, oh man, they're going to blow it. Like everyone's thinking it, they're going to blow it. And obviously the Eagles offense answered at that point. Um, but it did get a little, uh, a little too close for comfort there. Can you hear that noise in the background? No. What is that? Oh, okay. I was going to tell you to guess the noise. I can't hear it. Ready? Let's be quiet for like two seconds. Ready? Go. Is it uh now I can kind of hear it. Is it paper? Wait, no, paper shredder? No, a washing machine. <laughs> no. Uh fax machine? It it Printer. sounds it, it's I believe it's Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors running the blender. Oh wow. It sounds like she's making a smoothie. My parents just got a I think like a magic bullet or whatever. And they're, uh-huh. they're big and shout out to mom and dad who are listening right now. Oh, and she's done. Smoothies um, made. They're they're they've been getting big into the smoothie. So shout out to them. <laughs> On your missed tackling point, it feels like I watch Dallas games and I go, man, Zeke looks cooked. But for whatever reason, when he plays the Eagles, mm. he gets like a little a little more pep in his step. And uh, he looks a little bit more like the player he used to be than the one that he is now. He was he looked good, frankly, yeah. in this game. And so did Pollard it was when they, they, they had a really good one two punch. Uh, in this game and and uh yeah like i said they were the eagles are getting gashed uh, at times in the run game and you know we made the point before this game uh happened that you know the the mo of jim schwartz was always stop the run first and foremost and then we'll get after the passer once we make you one dimensional and that has not been the mo of of jonathan gannon and i think they they kind of came into this game you know thinking we have to stop the run but they didn't their actions didn't sort of meet that out because of, you know, they didn't play Jordan Davis much. They're not to keep harping on, harping on that. Uh, but anyway, we, we have a lot of quibbles about, you know, the Eagles defense and the special teams and whatnot. 
but uh but ultimately they gave up 17 points and they took the ball away three times so yeah. like i think uh that, you know when, when you can find a lot of things to complain about and the and the results are still the, that positive then uh, obviously that's a good thing I, I totally agree with that and putting it in like the perspective i did last week where people were like this was their worst game and i was said to you and i said on the podcast maybe with rj as well like they trail. They led for over forty five minutes, <laughs> yeah, and they never trailed. And that's their worst game. Like you'll sign up for that. You'll, yeah. So many teams would sign up for that as their worst game, and uh, and they've been up by fourteen points in every game this season. Yeah, at some point, like they're they're pretty good. Yeah, they're not perfect. No, and I think you can argue that like let's say like the Bills are better than them. I think it's reasonable to have them, and maybe even the Chiefs. Um, I, I'm going to put the Eagles second in my power rankings. Again, I'm going to have the Bills uh, number one, she, uh, Chiefs third, Eagles in between there at second. Um, but like, they're clearly the best team in the NFC, and I want to get into yeah. that. But the last thing I have from the game, uh, at least for now, is the the ridiculous block in the back penalty that was picked up. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I just think that was it was so egregious. You you tweeted it out. The difference between that penalty being enforced would have been second and 19 from the Eagles 46 yard line versus first and 10 from the Eagles 20. That's a huge difference. Yeah. A 26 yard swing. And like the, and especially with the context of the Cowboys probably not being in a great spot to fight back from behind in the down with Cooper rush there like that. that and that was, they scored uh, on that drive too, right? Yes. That was one of their yeah. touchdown drives at the start of the second half. Like the Eagles shouldn't have to just rely on a penalty to help them, but it was like it was an obvious. There's no, it's 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 the same thing of like no clear recovery. Like how it's just like, what are we doing? And and it's one thing if you miss the call, like, right? Because the ref might you know not have the right angle or they saw something different, whatever. Like the, the bad calls or bad like, that, that accidents can happen like that. This wasn't an accident. You saw it. You threw the flag. For some reason, you discussed it. Yeah, who Obviously, came in and said no? That wasn't a block in the right. back. Like, and how? <laughs> how? How could it? When when I watched it live, when I didn't even have the benefit clear. of replay, yeah, yeah or the stadium from being like super far away, I was like, "That's a block on the back." It's like clearly a block in the back. <laughs> like I called it before the flag was thrown. Um, so that, I just thought that was terrible. I don't. I that's inexplicable. Like that's it's mistakes happen. There's bad calls again. Like there's just bang bang plays. Fifty fifty. How do you throw the flag and pick it up? What is anyway? I, I, that's that sticks with me. I just I can't believe how bad of a call that was. It's yeah, insane. the picked up flag is uh, is infuriating when the it's, call it's is insane. actually correct. <laughs> I just, yeah. What is the basis? What are we? What are we? I want to hear. Like, what are we talking about? Um, and that's another was a, missed uh, pass interference call on Goddard too. That was okay. just Leighton Vander Esch oh, just yes. hit him way early. Like it wasn't even close. Yes. And at that point in the game, Tackle. the Eagles were smoking them already. I was like, yeah, who cares? Right, <laughs> you know. Um, so there was that. Uh, but let's talk about the context of the NFC. This is a sure. huge. That's the thing. Because I'll get into this with RJ. So I don't I don't want to get into all of it here. But Cowboys fans are not like totally as sad with this loss as they should be. Because they're like, oh, you know, we kind of we hung in with the Eagles with our backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. So we'll be okay. And obviously they still have a, I say obviously too much. But here I am. Uh, they have an easy schedule the rest of the way. So they're, and Dak is coming back. So I get why they're like, not totally down in the dumps, but this was a massive game to lose. This game means a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, football outsiders put out there back on five days ago, uh, what like Sunday means in terms of the, the percentages. Mm-hmm. And if the Cowboys won, 
the NFC East odds would go down to like Eagles at 52%, uh, uh, Cowboys at 45%, Giants at 4%. And the one seed would be Eagles 38%, Dallas 28%. And that's, so that's like the Cowboys win. It's not even great in their favor, but it's certainly more even. The Eagles win <laughs> shoots up from to 87%. For 80, winning, they had an 87? Okay. For winning the NFC East now. Oh, uh, winning the NFC East. Okay. And 73 for getting 73 the number one the seed. Yeah. Dallas's chances of winning the NFC East now are 10%, and their chance of winning the one seed is 6%. That's huge. That's a huge, it's a massive <laughs> swing. Yeah. Honestly, um, like we'll see how the rest of the season goes and everything. If the Eagles keep this up, like, what is that week? what is it whatever the christmas game is like week 16 or whatever Mm -hmm. that game might not even be like meaningful for the eagles if they keep this up i mean maybe in terms of the one seed but certainly maybe not even for the and it depends what the cowboys do depends what the eagles do again a long road to go but it seems to me like that game might not even mean a ton to the eagles 538 has that a little bit more conservatively 538.com that is um first round by they have the eagles at 63 percent right now 71% 71% to win the division. That seems low to me. And then... Um, well, the Giants you know, probably being a factor. Giants have a loss in the division already, though. Yeah. And they're a game, you know, they're, they're a game behind. And then to make the playoffs, the Eagles are 99%. 538.com oh, yeah, has I mean, them projected with a 14-3 and three record. By the yeah. way, why don't, we, why don't we go through this schedule? Okay. Where do we see the, where do we see the next loss? Because I, I think did. it's the next four games. Four games are all against really bad teams so they have the bye they come out of it uh hosting the Steelers Steelers are tough um but typically the Eagles do well against them they beat the I mean, Bucks. yeah I mean the Bucks aren't good so um but like they're a team that can hang around like Mike Tomlin is an underdog has a pretty good reputation like he doesn't just the Steelers don't typically just lay over and die they obviously they got blown out there's obvious again they got blown out by the Bills but you know the Bills are the best team in the league um I think the Eagles wins they beat the Steelers uh it's it's uh, kenny pickett or mitch trubisky yeah uh they beat the texans i know it's a a road game thursday so maybe it's a bit of like a trap spot there but i don't think the texans are that good davis mills Mm -hmm. uh and then like i'll take nick sirianni over lovey smith too (laughs) yes who is what are you like punting for the tie or whatever he did in week one right season yeah yeah i will i will take nick sirianni (laughs) over that for sure uh commander's could be a like a, a tougher game uh, or a more feisty game if Heineke yeah. is in there, which he might be with Carson Wentz getting banged up. Um, yeah, also, broken finger, I think it was, right? Also take the Eagles uh, in Philly. They play the Colts. It's on the road, but the Colts stink. I can't. Colts I can't. have looked horrible. They've yeah. been like the, the most disappointing team in the And they the just NFL, won, but arguably. like, okay, I'm not, yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, Packers don't look good, man. No. I mean, I still think it's, you never just – I don't care how bad they look. It's Aaron Rodgers, so that's still going to be a factor. Um, but they're pretty bad right now. They got right smoked now. by the Jets yesterday. They did. I mean, but, you know, there's still, like – I'll never forget when the Eagles played the Packers in 2016 and they were looking pretty bad. And Rodgers just, you know, showed up and <laughs> didn't matter. Right. So that's always – that exists out there. I'll take the Eagles to win there. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Eagles to beat the Titans. It's the AJ Brown Revenge game. If he's going to go off in that game, mm-hmm. we all know it's going to happen. Uh, Titans are they're, they're yeah, I, I like I respect Rabel. the ti- I respect yeah. the Titans. Yeah, but they're not good. Like they're 
They're not bad, but I don't think they're like they're not good. Good. Uh, not many teams in the NFL are actually good. Uh, the Giants games will be tough. They really will be. Not because I think the Giants are amazing, but they're they hang around. They're they're, they're not like, a team. They're like the cockroaches that just won't yep. die, and then they and then they then they, they they get into these close games, and they've been able to pull them out at the end. I'm going to say the Eagles lose the Giants in New York. There, they they lose okay. that game. That's the first loss. Then, so so how many yeah. wins that we got there? So we're at uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They're going to start twelve and zero. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> twelve and zero. They lose to the Giants. They beat the Bears in Chicago. Justin Fields is awful. He's so bad, man. He's just terrible. Uh, Cowboys game. Cowboys. It's like, what does that game mean? You know, what is that? What is the meaning? Like in theory. They they could rest their starters in that game, depending on what the conference is looking like, because they have the tiebreaker. Well, they won't do it that early, because that's the third to last game of the year. But they they might. The Eagles in, didn't the Eagles do that in two thousand four? <laughs> like they were so far ahead that year. They, they, uh, they, they, yes, they did. They were. I, I think. I think they it was did. The, the last the last two games. They you sure sat. it's not the last yeah, third. Yeah, it was the last two because I remember I was at the airport with my dad. We were going somewhere, and uh, they were showing ESP. They were showing Sports Center or something, and they had a, a stat about. Um, uh, Torello and uh, the, the Donovan McNabb's production, okay. or something like that, or the Eagles' offense offensive production, and we were furious <laughs> that like they like because they didn't even play their starters the last two weeks of the season. So it was an they were making the argument that like they might be vulnerable in the playoffs because they you know hadn't scored a lot of points in their final two. So it was just the final two yeah. games that they didn't that they didn't that was the game starters. The third game is the game that To got hurt in against the Cowboys. That um, could be, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. But, like, I don't know. The NFC is so weak, and they Eagles have the tiebreaker <laughs> over the Vikings, and obviously they've beaten the Cowboys once. Like, I just don't even know how much they need that game. We'll see. Uh, and then they finish it out with the Saints, who, I mean, they're very much incentivized to beat because they, like, yes. they own their draft pick. So, like... Do you rest your starters against them, or do you, do you like? You know, I bet they would play. I bet they'd go out to beat them. You sh- you should go out to beat them. That would be a directive from Howie. Yeah, play play the play the starters at least maybe like the first half and see how it goes. Feel it out too, because maybe if you can build a mm-hmm. lead, then like you you pull the starters and tr- try to trust the backups to like close it out. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is we're all getting very much ahead of ourselves, but it's fine, <laughs> right? Uh, and then the Inventing Giants game these scenarios. <laughs> the Giants game in Philly in week 18 might matter a lot more to the Giants who I think are going to be battling for a wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they still have, they have, I mean, we keep saying it every week, but, but losses are coming eventually. <laughs> they are, but also like, I mean, the schedule is not like they play the Jags next. They play the Seahawks after that in Seattle. That's, that's like, that's a tough game. The Seahawks are not to be taken lightly. Geno Smith's playing well. Uh, then they have so the their Texans, next games are at, yeah they're they're at Jaguars Lions. at Seahawks Texans Lions at Cowboys Commanders yeah. Eagles at Commanders at yeah. Vikings Colts at Eagles so that's a pretty that's a pretty they're not easy gonna schedule. I don't think they can win the East with this schedule because I think losses will come to that uh, extent especially I think they're gonna at least lose one to the Eagles unless the Eagles their four hard games are the NFC East games the two against the Eagles the one left against the Cowboys. And then this is an NFC East, but uh, at, at Vikings is. Uh, I think is in Seattle is going to be a little tough for them. I don't yeah. think that's a, a game. Seattle's been frisky. In in, in Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what else? And in in Minnesota too. That's that's definitely a mm-hmm. tough game. Yeah, because uh, I mean I don't think the Vikings are amazing, but 
No, it's in Minnesota. It's probably the, they're good. They're, they're the number two team in the NFC right now. They, they literally are the number two team, and it's not even <laughs> close after that. I mean, who who else would you say is the? I mean, I think you could make a case the 49ers might be if if they're at like full health because they're banged up right now. Yeah, um, and bad if, loss on Sunday to to the Falcons. Very bad but, loss. But, but their entire defensive ceiling, line is hurt. I think they have the ceiling of being like the second best team in the NFC with the talent they have and yeah, Jimmy that's G's fair. track record um, of you know not actually being great, but somehow winning in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> so like, those are the, the biggest threats. The Eagles, I would say the 49ers, Cowboys, obviously. Um, and then the Vikings really, and then the Bucks, if they figure it out, but I don't, I don't know. Rogers. I just think the Packers are they're in a bad spot. Uh, all right. But to the point where like they have these high percentage chances of getting the number one seed, when you look at where they stand right now, they're up a game on the giants. They're up a game on the Vikings with a head to head win. They're up two games on the Cowboys with a head to head win. And then the other like major contenders in the NFC, which I would consider at least before the season began, Packers, <laughs> the Packers, <laughs> the Buccaneers, the Niners and the Rams. They're all three and three. You got a three game advantage on all three of, on all four of those teams. And then the other two teams that are three and three are the Falcons and Seahawks. And I don't think anyone's taking them seriously at Super Bowl containers. Yeah. There's some frisky teams in there. Um, and maybe some teams that uh, could be a little bit more plucky than you would expect in like a first round matchup. Um, but these might not have to play in the first round because they're, mm-hmm. they're in very strong position to get a buy. And, what a big advantage that would be, not just for the home field, as we saw, you know, that made a difference in 2017, but just, you know, that extra week of rest and then maybe possibly multiple extra weeks of rest, depending on how uh, the season closes out there. So, uh, yeah, a good time to be alive in Philadelphia. Uh, very exciting times that yeah, like really could not be better for me personally in terms of like Phillies are awesome. Uh, my birthday's coming up. Um, Eagles are undefeated. <laughs> birthday's coming. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> uh, when is your birthday? It's tomorrow. Oh, okay. Happy birthday, buddy. I'll talk Jimmy. to you tomorrow. Um, and not only are the Eagles, you know, six and zero and beating the Cowboys, but like into a bye too. You get two weeks to be like, yeah, you know, like where? What are you doing for your birthday? Um. So I was told that. Uh, by my friends that I have dinner reservations at six, but I don't know where. So I guess this okay. is some kind of some surprise. I don't know. I'm kind of just uh, waiting to see where I go. I don't know. So right. I don't. I don't know. To answer your question, you just uh, got to make sure you're home in time for. Ooh, maybe they're taking you to the Phillies game. Oh no, it's in San Diego. Never no. mind. <laughs> well, that <laughs> pretty wild. I don't think you'll get there in time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very dumb comment. But what? What are they? Uh, Eight o'clock? Yeah. I Tuesday? So. Yeah. So, right. um, uh, yeah, okay. They just have to get you in front of a TV uh, by eight o'clock, I guess. I mean, if I miss, you know, first beginning, it's not the biggest deal. Um, I don't need to watch like every like, single pitch. Sounds like loser talk to me. I mean, I missed the first uh, <laughs> inning, or part of the first inning, at least on Friday, because the Eagles, I was like, come on, drop the injury report. I was like waiting for yeah, them to yeah. do that so I could get down to the game. And honestly, I'm glad it worked out how it did because I was able to walk towards the stadium uh, mm-hmm. as the game was, and I could hear the roar from out. And it was, incredible. yeah, that's cool. It was like, yeah. it was like wet. Like I've never experienced it. It was insane. It was like, I, I don't even, I'm at a loss for words. It was, it was really something. Um, all right. It's enough rambling. Uh, we'll be back again. So we, <laughs> originally the design of these was like, you know, we'll, we'll split BGN radio up into two 
uh, smaller episodes, but now it's just become like two full it is a big game episodes. Though. It is a big game. There's a lot to talk about. So uh, I don't regret going long. It's always fun talking with you, Jimmy, but it'll be even more fun. Not to disparage you, but just because, you know, RJ has to face the music now yeah, on the yeah, NFC yeah. Smith tape. So many people <laughs> have DM me, tweeted me, emailed me, uh, whatever, because they're just, they're so looking forward to that. That will be up on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page on Wednesday morning and I'm dropping on the podcast feeds as well. We'll be recording it, RJ and I, tomorrow. So if you've never listened to the NFC East mixtape before, if you're only a BGN radio listener for some reason, you have to listen to this week's episode. For the this shot is Yeah, you have to. Because RJ, well, RJ is going to, I know what he's going to do. He's going to come in and he's going to be like, act like moral victory mode because, you know, like, oh, the Cowboys hung around. And the Eagles didn't win as decisively as they should have. But, like, no, dude, no. It's not going to fly. You know, I was watching NFL Network uh, prior to the 1 o'clock games yesterday. Michael Irvin was on. And he picked the Cowboys to win. But then he was also like, but if they don't win, well, so what? If you, <laughs> you beat Cooper Rush, so what? That's the thing. Like, don't, that's such loser talk. Uh, that, that's the thing. RJ picked the Cowboys to win. Oh, did he? <laughs> yes. And so did a lot of the blogging the boys writers with Shocker. I mean, they're Cowboys fans. So. Yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah. the expectation was they were going to win the game. It wasn't like, <laughs> well, we're probably going to lose. That was not right. the expectation. So this is totally just revisionist history BS. And who cares that you got within three? Like, you ultimately lost... The Eagles covered, like, oh, I, I got people chirping in my mentions after the game. You know, like, oh, the Eagles, you know, barely won. The Eagles covered the spread. They were six point and a half favorites, and they <laughs> right. still covered the spread. And maybe you, got, you got it to a point where the Eagles were still, like, 75 to 80% chance winners. Right. That's Congrats. that's 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 your, uh, that's your, that's the, that's your silver lining here. Yeah, that's, that's weak. That's loser stuff. <laughs> I think it's funny to me. Like, and it only they, lasted, like, a few minutes because the Eagles uh, went right back down and scored. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like I get it. It was uncomfortable for the Eagles, certainly. And there was a, th- a point where Eagles fans thought it was going to be a blown game. Yeah. But it wasn't. It, it, yeah, and they it responded with yeah. that long drive and scored. And it didn't come as close <laughs> as people were making it out to be. Right. And again, even if they did, even if the Eagles won by like the skin of their teeth by one point, whatever, again, the magnitude of this game for the rest of the season is huge. Just the, the impact of the game. So like there's no there's no feel-good angle to this if you're the Cowboys. There's no moral, there's no moral victory. You lost a super important game. It People were really mad at Chris Collinsworth too. Apparently, he had oh, sort yeah. of the same messaging at the. I haven't listened to it yet, but apparently, he was. Well, kinda... if you're the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not bad. No, that was pretty bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. Well, let's close this out by saying go to rightsofselling.com. Use discount code BGN15 for fifteen percent off your order. Celebrate! Celebrate the Eagles being six and zero. This doesn't happen a lot. This hasn't happened in what almost 20 years, 18 years now, right. 2004. So take a moment to enjoy it. Um, take a moment to look ahead and get to maybe optimistic and think they're going to go undefeated and win this. Why not? You have the sure. bye week. Um, you're, you're allowed to do that. The Eagles have played well. Um, do it. Celebrate. Go to righteousselling.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off the best snacks you'll find. Jimmy, if you want to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to call or text this phone number. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five, or go to roachrealtors.com. Check out the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed. All the other episodes we have coming up here. Obviously, the post game show is up there with Shane Half and Rachelle and Jess. Uh, thought they did a good, good job of breaking down the game. 
Um, we're going to have the NFC East mixtape on Tuesday. A lot of, a lot of things dropping on the feed, even though it's a bye week a lot of content at bleeding and all of our social channels at bleeding green, um, at BGN underscore radio, all of that. You can check out Jimmy Kemsky's work at phillyvoice.com. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky. I'm at Brandon Gowton. You can see our handles in the show notes here. I provided them there. If you want to tweet back with us, we had some good responses last week, Jimmy, to the pizza conversation. We had a lot, oh, a lot of different responses, I'll say. I'm not going to get into all of that. Yeah, we had some we had one particular insane response, but whatever. Uh, I, I will not get into the details there. But uh, some, you know, it's always fun to, to hear from the listeners, and it's always it's one thing to for Jimmy and I to record this and look at each other for like an hour, and it's another thing to like inter- realize people are actually listening to it. Yeah. So we, we appreciate uh, your support throughout. And we'll, even though the Eagles do not have a game, uh, we'll still be back with you later this week. I'm I'm forcing you into that, Jimmy. We can. Okay. Uh, sure. I don't know. What do you want to? We can talk about maybe like uh, state of the team, big picture sure. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, even though we kind of did some of that, but we can. Uh, yeah, we can we can get into it. We'll we'll figure something out. They'll do that. I think there's a maybe we can talk about trades. A, I think there's a non-zero chance they make a trade this week because yeah, now point. they kind of have that. First of all, they have a well, chance let's, to let's sort wait. of let's see. Let's save that for the no 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 real oh, okay. real quick because the trade might happen by the time we we record again. But just okay. really quick, I think you you look at like that they have a chance to kind of regroup. You know, kind of take a step back, take the sixty thousand foot view. If you trade for a guy right now, now you have a you have the bye week to sort of assimilate him back in, in you know with into the team. So I think it was did Jalen Ramsey get traded early, like yeah, a few weeks before did. the trade yes, deadline, a did. few weeks back. I could see a scenario like that a few years back where the Eagles. Uh, what did I say? A few weeks. Yeah, a few years back. Uh, um, I can see a scenario like that where the Eagles want to be aggressive now. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if you trade for a guy now, he can help you earlier than, you know, week eight, week nine, whatever the trade deadline yep. is. Um, Brian Burns would be really an incredible addition <laughs> to mm-hmm. uh, to the pass rush. I don't know how realistic that is, but that's sort of the guy that I think everyone has kind of looked at and gone, yeah, that guy would be a, a, a cool guy to, to, to trade for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the cost would be for that. Certainly a, a first-round pick would have to be included for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, maybe we'll have an emergency pod at mm. some point this week. Yeah. And if not, we'll get into maybe some of those trade candidates and other things. So don't uh, think we're just going away. Uh, we'll be yeah. back with you don't later. Sleep don't sleep on us. Uh, <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> you can end it. You can you can end it really smoothly by saying <laughs> Good. goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. G-N. <laughs>